0: Welcome to Gather In, where you'll hear stories of conversion to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. If you have an interesting story to tell, please go to our Instagram page or send us an email to gatherin at proton.me. Welcome to the Gathering podcast. Today we are joined by my new friend, who, who I've not met before and just briefly talked to now, Jamie McIver. Welcome, Jamie. How are you today?
1: Good to you. Thank you for having
0: me. No worries. Good to have you on here. It's, uh, it's a Sunday. You've been to church this morning?
1: I have, definitely have. And Elders Quorum.
0: Okay, and Elders Quorum. And uh, so, which ward do you go to?
1: I'm in the uh, Forest Lake ward in C- C- Centenary stake uh, Centenary. South
0: stake. Brisbane. South yeah. Brisbane, okay. Okay, and uh, you have a little bit of a story to tell, just a, a little bit of background for our listeners. Um, I met Jamie very briefly after a devotional on a Sunday night uh, in probably March or April last year, um, and I don't know where it was, it was somewhere on the south of Brisbane and my wife and I had just been, had, we had just arrived in the Brisbane mission, we stayed there in uh, in Brisbane for I think two nights, um, or maybe three nights, but anyway we were there for a Sunday night so we were staying with uh, another senior missionary couple and they said, oh there's a big fireside on tonight, presents, and his wife will be there, there'll be lots of missionaries there, and uh, uh, come along, and so we said, oh, great, we'd love to go, and uh, we, we attended the fireside, and there are, uh, I think, a few people that spoke from memory, uh, some of whom we knew, um, which was really good. President Ann spoke at the end, uh, but partway through the fireside, this fairly recent convert, Jamie McIver, spoke and had a great story to tell. And uh, after the after the fireside, as we were walking out, I briefly shook your hand, Jamie. You probably don't remember that. It was just a a quick passing second on the way out. I just told you how much uh, I enjoyed your talk, Uh, how good it was, was and inspiring. You know, it was an inspiring story. It's always good to hear the story of a recent convert, and that's why we're here today to hear your story. Um, So. Let, let me ask you a, a few questions just to find out a, a little bit about your your history because uh, everyone has a history and everyone has a story to tell and we want to hear your story right from the start. So you told me you grew up on Stratty, which is uh, yes. South Stradbroke Island? North, 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 Stradbroke. North Stradbroke Island. Okay, yeah. which is uh, off the coast of Queensland. It's a ferry ride across uh, to North Stratty. And yeah. uh, how was life growing up on North Stradbroke? And what sort of ages you were you born there? I wasn't how long kid. were you
1: born there? I was going over there quite a bit from a young age, family holidays, and we had a caravan there. So we were regularly okay. over there, nearly every weekend. And then we eventually moved over there, probably 11, something like that. So all my teenage years and early uh, adulthood I spent over there. And uh, yeah, after I'd moved off there, I was backwards and forward there a lot. Okay. Spent a lot of time there.
0: Okay, so so your younger years were in in Brisbane. Brisbane, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, look, I've never been over to Australia, but I can imagine it's a beautiful place and uh, great yeah. place to grow up as a teenager. I'm 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 guessing we uh, we chatted a few seconds ago about this that you grew up surfing over there and probably fishing.
1: Surfing, fishing. Fishing and football, yeah. Been
0: yeah. Life. Yeah, great. Great. And uh, so you went to high school there? There's a high school in North Stradbroke.
1: Yeah, I went to high school there. Yeah. I uh, we went to high school there and then after grade 10, the senior years, you had to travel on boat back to Cleveland for school. But I uh, only did maybe a month or two of that and wasn't really keen on it, so I started working.
0: Okay, okay, so you started working at a young age. I'm guessing you might have gotten a, a, an apprenticeship or something like that, did you?
1: Uh, yeah, apprentice boiler maker. So I was uh, doing that from a young age.
0: Okay, okay, was, uh, and and, and is that what you're still doing now, are you still a boiler maker?
1: Still a boiler maker. Still yeah. A boiler maker.
0: You must be an expert welder by now.
1: Oh, I can go right with a welder, yeah. <laughs>
0: Fantastic. If I ever need any welding done, I'll give you a call, no worries. <laughs> okay, so Jamie, as as a, as a young man growing up in high school, uh, and, and and becoming a boiler maker, um, what was your lifestyle like? Tell us about what you used to do on weekends and that sort of thing.
1: Well very active as a as a teenager, yeah, I was not of well obviously up to a lot of mischief. In my, in my teenage years, obviously not being a part of the church, Christian or anything like that. Was, uh, yeah, used to love my sports, but I also used to like uh, misbehaving a lot and drinking and partying because obviously Australia a bit of a holiday destination and parties all the time. So that was sort of a part of the lifestyle I grew up with. Yeah. The, yeah. know, everyone was doing the same.
0: So a, a fairly typical young Aussie bloke. Pretty well. Pretty yeah. well? Yeah, okay. And uh, so you finished your apprenticeship, what i guess guessing, when you were about 20 or something like that. Just kept on working?
1: Kept working, yeah. So, I, uh, yeah, after my years, straight towards the end of my teenage years, I was yeah, getting in a bit too much trouble over there, getting locked up quite a bit, fighting, and yeah, sort of uh, come off come off stratty and started working. Working on the mainland in Carroll Park yeah, Near yeah. Forest Lake yeah. over that way and Yeah, started working and trying to Sort my life Yeah get myself
0: Grow up, okay. basically then... <laughs> Good, good So um, I, I know you got married at some stage Was that early in your uh, Life there? What age were you when you got married?
1: I, I didn't get married until later on But I was with a partner from I you was know, 17 just coming off australia we moved into girls on the mainland oh really nurse yeah met her on the island and, and uh moved to the mainland so she was working as a nurse and I was yeah still finishing my trade off and baller making and whatnot so I was trying to uh, yeah move on through my life
0: yeah and and was that the young lady that you eventually married and had children with oh uh, yeah
1: yeah, I was, I was married to her and had a son. There, yeah, in the uh, yeah, mid mid twenties. Okay. Yeah. that That's okay. when things were good in my life. And once I had a son, I was you know on a good path for a bit. And uh, yeah, after that, I uh, moved moved up in ranks as a baller maker and became supervisor and a few jobs and managers. And I moved to North Queensland to Mackay. Yeah. And And uh, yeah, still doing doing good up there with the jobs, but I was always. Uh, and falling back in the same ruts with drugs and alcohol and just those influences that I couldn't get away from are always there in my life and I was easily easily led still yeah. playing sports all that but just the, the culture with drinking and recreational drugs. oh uh, yeah used to, yeah I couldn't help myself I didn't know any better
0: yeah yeah, yeah we, we so, sorry Jamie would, would you say that you were Sort of addicted to alcohol, drugs?
1: Uh, definitely, I was a big drinker. always drunk heavy from in my teenage years. I used to drink a lot, a lot for a teenager, take yeah. drugs. Just got worse as I got older. And that's all, all relationship problems. And how I was as a, as a person, yeah. I'd work hard, but I'd play hard all the time. That's yeah. How I. I lived there. Surprising my body's still good as what it is, but what, it's, what I put it through.
0: Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Sometimes the body can take quite a bit of punishment, and uh, um, yeah, eventually you might feel that, uh, yeah, you you need to stop doing that sort of stuff. But sometimes the, the pressures and the addictions just uh, are stronger than your desire to, to leave those things behind, eh? Just things that happened in
1: my life, and that's, yeah, and that's the way my coping mechanism was to, to do that. So I knew I grew up seeing it around me, and that's just all I knew. Things get a bit tough too, turn to turn to the bottle and, and drink, sort of yeah. numb, numb the senses, and sort of that's how the only thing I knew. I didn't know anything about faith, or going to church or praying or any of that, asking heavenly Father for help, none of that.
0: Of that, so uh, this had quite a significant impact on your relationship.
1: Yeah, yeah, that too, and just, just yeah, just things both on both sides weren't uh, weren't working out, and just the worst things sort of got. I'd uh, i drink and instead of trying to sort problems out. I'd go and work, work more, or and I'd go and when I'd be back, I'd be wanting to get away instead of trying to resolve problems. That was on both sides, and uh, yeah, for me, it was just trying to escape it, drink when I was home because I was way working in the mines up there. A lot I was doing good work and financially was going good, bought a house and everything up there. But I was still doing doing the things I shouldn't. Always I was always there. The adversary was just still still had a, a big hold on how my life was. I didn't realize. At the time, not until later on in the law Things get got worse
0: Yeah, yeah And so at some stage uh, And this is fairly recently In the last couple of years I gather from what i learned at the fireside uh, Somehow you you uh, became a member of the church uh, And that didn't happen out of the blue uh, Some things happened to, to lead you to the point Where you, uh, you know turned to God, um, turned to Christ, and somehow became a member of the church. So can you yeah. tell us that story, Jamie? Yeah, well, it was actually
1: after I left Mackay, I did a, spent a couple of years at P&G working, which was good, a high-level manager's job and whatnot, but there was still drugs and alcohol over there, which was really strong. And it was just things got worse, relationships, and ended up coming home and that's when I sort of separated and... And uh, yeah, things got worse for me. I ended up becoming a single dad, and my ex uh, just sort of left the scene and sort of left me with uh, looking after my son. But when I come back, I uh, started started my own business, trying to just work as a subcontractor and and just had a small business going. And just, uh, yeah, finding it hard. I was doing that, so it was, things were pretty tough. But um, yeah, there's other drugs coming in, like the heavier drugs. That was uh, sorta of helping me cope. Well, I thought was trying to help me cope with just my yeah. life where I was. So just I was by myself, been with someone nearly twenty years and then she'd up and left because of her own problems and then had to look after a son, started starting a business. So life was, uh, life was pretty hard for me. So I was uh, I was using drugs to be able to do it all basically. Started taking your harder drugs, your, your speed, meth, coke, but just more on a more, more regular basis. And I was to the point where I was drinking every day. I was drinking every day as well, taking heavy every day. So I did that for, uh, for nearly three years. That was the full-time heavy, heavy stint of, of where it took over me very quickly. And I didn't realise that I thought it was actually helping me. That's what those heavier drugs do to you. They think you think, oh yes, I've got so much more time, energy. I, I don't need much sleep. I can work 16 hours a day and you know, I can do everything, regardless of what's going on. Work every day, Monday to Sunday. Did it, did it for years, and don't know why, how it did break me back then, but not come to a screaming halt because after a while, everything started going wrong. Those heavier drugs, they uh, take over your mind and adversaries adversaries drugs, really. Basically, they take your life over. I started losing friends, good friends around me. They They were dying and going to jail, losing their own families. Everything was getting torn apart around me and also with the work. That was just personal sort of things, but also the work side of things. I was uh, not having good luck with, I was getting plenty of jobs in, but I was finding it hard to get them all out because I was taking on so much because I thought I could. The people I was trying to employ and, yeah, it was just just nothing was going right for me. I was was on a downhill fall until I basically lost everything. I had a a new partner come in in the last 12 months of my downfall. She sort of helped things a little bit and helped me with my son. While I was so I'd lost myself, I was just focused on working all the time and not spending time with my son and his it was affecting him, which was massive and I wasn't noticing it to the point where I was engaging so much I was ended up started dealing drugs I was around yeah, there's a lot of things here yeah, drugs firearms you know some nasty people I was yeah lost my way while I was still working working. 12, 14, 16 hours a day, I was still dealing drugs on the side and had people coming in. It was crazy. I lost myself in a big way. and Yeah, to a point where everything was falling apart. I was losing friends. My family weren't talking to me. My son actually left me and came and moved move in with my parents for a while. And I uh, was myself and a good partner I was with at the time. Sort of, after she left me and she was actually a Mormon, inactive at the time, but she was Mormon,
0: and she okay. was actually
1: trying to help. I didn't even, I wasn't listening at the time, not at all. But further on, I went after, I'd lost everything, and then she'd gone, that was the last thing, and I was alone to so the point where I was dead alone. And I had nobody, had no money, lost everything in business. I was in debt, so I was basically rock bottom. I had nobody to call upon. Then some reason came over me one night. I prayed. one one there and prayed and then bang. Next thing, yeah, pretty bizarre experience. Things around me started changing what my mind was like in line from, but I really I was cross. I'm on my knees actually begging for help. I had nothing else. I don't know where that come from. Never prayed in my life. Never thought about God. Or, or anything, and for some reason I started remembering things that my partner at the time was, yeah, things she was saying and, well, I need to get my son back and I need to try and get her back. How am I going to do it? And I started asking God for help, and one thing led to another. I was I stopped drinking, smoking, taking drugs, all of, just from that, that point right there. So I went through a major uh, very hard detoxing period, so to speak, over a couple of weeks where i seen some things, some dark things were going on around me, so I was fighting. The adversary didn't want me to, to clean my act up, put it that way. So I popped a, popped a lot going through that, that initial phase of quitting everything. Yeah, it was dark. I was in a dark place, there dark things around me, I could... Definitely for you, 100%. But uh, I wanted to keep you in that, in that life lifestyle because I was going to end up dead, very soon. Yeah. Very soon. Yeah. So that was that was the tipping point. God had given me a, a another chance, so to speak. I get from there. It was bang I I went to a church. Went to the church after a few weeks of being tormented. Now I've managed to find my way. I was asking which is the right church, all those questions. I needed to go, and then I remembered that uh, next Barnard Sunday she was a Mormon. So I thought, all right, head to, to the church, and sure enough, the door was open and the Book of Mormon was there. And I was, it was about three o'clock in the morning, and I started trying to read it. My mind was tormented, and lots of things going on. I was, I was hearing things, and seeing things and all sorts. So it was a very uh, tough time, but I managed to start focusing on trying to read it, and after that, my mind started unlocking, and so bang, I needed to sort myself out and check myself into a hospital. And, uh, yeah, but that took me a bit to get to because I was going through a lot of a lot of dark things. It was very, very hard. I wouldn't wish it upon anybody. So eventually
0: yeah, wow. I got to a hospital right okay so Jamie can I just backtrack a bit you said that you went to church at three o'clock in the morning yeah, yeah
1: I was just I was tormented and it took me a couple of days to get to the church and when I got there yeah. early hours of the morning and I was going through a lot of things
0: and, and- it just, it, just, it just just happened to be unlocked, which is very unusual. Someone, was, someone had been there and had forgotten to lock up properly.
1: Yeah. Was, I mean, they, it, yeah those doors don't uh, unlock a lock, but once you lock them, that's it. So it's pretty ironic too. Cause it, yeah, it was, they don't generally stay open, the church doors. No. More ones anyway. But sure enough, and when I went into the main foyer area... I picked up the Book of Mormon, and I went and prayed in the um, in the chapel. And, yeah, from then on, I was like, yeah, I need to read this, sort my life out. And after that, I went and checked myself in. A, okay.
0: So can I just hop- ask you a little bit more detail there? So you picked up a Book of Mormon. Did you at that stage have any idea what the Book of Mormon actually was? Had you heard of it before or anything?
1: Nah. No. No? Nah, no, but I knew it was thing to read. I knew I was there for a reason and I had to read it. It took me a bit to uh, work out and I went to the front, started to try and read it and couldn't understand it. So I went to the back. Index, so I started reading the, the meanings in the topic guide and the index in yeah. the back. So I just started yeah. that and I was reading what, meanings, faith and repentance, atonement. I started reading all those and reading the back first, what they were. Okay. And then I flipped to the front, started reading from there, but still I was tormented while I was reading it. Things, thoughts, all the all the, all the darkness wasn't wanting me to read it. So I focused
0: okay. myself.
1: Broke myself. So I read for a few hours until the sun came up, and then I uh, took off out of there started uh, wanting to sort myself out, and that's when I still had a lot of things going on, like from taking drugs every day and drinking every day. I'd drink a, a bottle, a bottle of rum or a can of beer every day, and I'd wow. take every day. So you can imagine the the torment and the stuff was going on in my mind, and cigarettes, a whole lot of once And my mind, body was going into a massive detox, and yeah, there was. Very hard. I was seeing things that was delusional, demonic things, all sorts were going on. So I, I knew I had to fix myself, so I uh, went into a hospital and they put me in to a mental ward. Where they locked me in for a maximum amount of time, and that was probably one of the hardest things in my life. That,
0: definitely. Yeah. How, how long were you in there for? I
1: was in there for a four months solid.
0: Four months?
1: Uh, for, for for over a month I was in there for in, in a yeah. locked environment where I couldn't come out and it was pretty tough. it was around people that weren't well themselves and being locked in a place not knowing when you're going to get out and just I took the Book of Mormon in there and that's when I started reading I'm glad I had that in there because it got me through that whole experience I don't think I would have been right in the mind without it
0: yeah Jamie, when you left the church that night after reading the Book of Mormon from three o'clock in the morning until the sun came up, when you left, you took the Book of Mormon with you. Yeah. Well, well done. <laughs> so some some yeah, people so would say some people would say you stole the Book of Mormon, but you took it there as a free gift. I borrowed it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, long long term loan. Well done. Good decision. <laughs> Okay, so uh, what happened when you came out of rehab, out of the out of the hospital?
1: Uh, I was pretty tough, but faced uh, a lot of uh, a lot of my problems, things that I'd done you know, with the business and paying people money, and most importantly, seeing my mum and my dad, and my son, and uh, yeah, apologising for how I was, because now I knew what I was and what I'd become, and what I was turning into, and. I wanted to change myself, but from then on, I quit Quit everything. I've never been able to do that in my life. Quit. I've always had one of them going or two of them going or three of them going with all these different habits, sort of dropping them on the head and and acknowledging that I had problems where I never could before. I was too proud to my mental health. I've always had issues with that, problems with that. It's in the family. Yeah. Been I to manage to overcome them all, just with faith, the Book of Mormon. That's with not only just the habits, but just the mental health stuff that I've always had since I was a kid. Now I've understood more of what was going on with myself. Thinking there was something wrong with me all the time. Even when I was a, a teenager, I had tormenting things happen, and that's when I started taking drugs and drinking to mask those yeah. things. Yet, yeah, because I was had them from 13, 14 years old. Yeah. Okay. And there was something and, with me and, yeah. Okay. That's a way of
0: Tell me you know, your 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 partner who was a, a less active member of the church, was she did she hang around? Was she still there when you came out of uh out of rehab or was that relationship oh, over?
1: Oh, oh, no, I'd still see her from time to time. she's uh, still always gonna be a part of my wife and my son. she was good for my son. Yeah. So. Still love her for that. How she was with that, uh, with him. In my darkest time, she was around. There was a reason for that. God yeah. put her there to, to keep my son. Right while I was, yeah, going through what I felt. Now I know that God put me through that to uh, make me feel. It. And sort of, I hit rock bottom. And it was for a reason. I needed to go through that. Now I yeah. understand
0: why. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay, so so Jamie, it was it was re, re, really through reading the Book of Mormon that you gained a let, let's put it in our language today, you gained a testimony of the Savior through reading the Book of Mormon. Is would I be right in saying that?
1: Yeah, definitely. The reading the Book of Mormon, but also uh, yeah, buying faith and asking for help from God, and actually feeling its presence I felt I felt it that morning. I prayed, I prayed for, asking for, for my family back, basically, my son, partner yeah. at the corner, things I wanted back, and sort of felt it, and then it was the, thought printed thoughts in my mind telling me what I needed to do.
0: Yeah. So, was- okay, so, so you, you could also, I'm guessing, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but would you say you were guided, you know, after you had that experience reading the Book of Mormon? all night and taking a book and Mormon with you, you went to a hospital. So um, you sought help. You were guided to, to ask for help, do you feel?
1: I was guided to, uh, yeah, to, I was in a lot of pain. I went through, I was detoxing out. On the mind wasn't right. I was delusional. I was walking all over Brisbane in all different areas, picking up rubbish. and I was doing all crazy things, tormenting things. I was doing it for days. Yeah. Before I the hospital, like I was getting tormented from things at the same time, and uh, yeah, was led to the hospital, and that's when I uh, I can't even remember I was in that much pain because I hadn't eat, been eating, I hadn't eaten for days, and I was really lost. Yeah, and been yeah. in the hospital, but like, I was in that much pain. My body, and yeah, once I got in, I can't even remember talking to him, but I was telling him. Everything that was going on in my mind, and that's when they, they put me straight into a, a ward and started feeding me for of uh, whatever they were giving me to sort of calm me. And yeah, yeah. it wasn't I was, Wow. For those few days in sleeping on the on the streets, walking around lost and picking up rubbish, and I was tormented. Those dark things tormenting me.
0: Yeah. It, it, look what what you've been through. Most most members of the church will find it very difficult to comprehend how bad you were back then, um, and especially someone who met you now. You know, you telling that story, they're going to say, "Really, that really happened to you?" But um, you know, I've I've talked to people over the years that have experienced similar things to what you've been through, and it's really not that unusual for people to go through such a hard time that you've gone through and a, a lot of people don't come out of it. They end up um, ODing yeah. somewhere along the line, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. let's let's fast forward a bit now, Jamie. Uh, you're here today as an active member of the church. How how long ago did this happen? How, how long have you been a member of the church for now? 14 months. 14
1: months. 14 months.
0: Okay, and let, let's uh, just ask you now how, how being a member of the church has changed your life, and obviously it's changed your life drastically, radically changed your life. How is life for you now? Tell, tell us about how life is for you now.
1: Oh, it's great. I'm back with my son. I've got a good relationship with my son. It's the best it's ever been because he was starting to follow the same is what I was, and he's in the same boat as me. I baptised him, and oh, really? my father, his son's baptised, so he doesn't drink smoke, and he's living the clean life, working. We live together, we work together. He started an apprenticeship in the same place, so he's focused on his sports as a boxer, and so he's doing things right. So the things that I've gone through have sort of been Something to shame that that's what happens to you when you when you uh, go off. The path. Yeah,
0: and is Even your son uh, is your son coming to church with
1: you? Yeah, he comes to church not every weekend, which I like, but he gets he comes to church. But we regularly got missionaries over, and he's always always a part of that. And believes yeah. that's the most important thing. But he uh, I push he as you said
0: it. He, he became yeah. a member of the church. You baptised him. Tell us how you felt baptising your own son.
1: Very, very good experience. From top of when he was born, I suppose, baptising him was the same, same feeling. Knowing he's uh, got that protection now, and the Holy Ghost will help him through the rest of his life, as yeah. as it's done, started to do for me now.
0: And how, how, how old is your son? He's
1: 15. 15. Nearly 16. He's going up to learners in a couple of
0: weeks. Okay. Okay, so that's fantastic. That's a that's a great story. And and just as far as your service in the church, I'm guessing uh, you've been a member for 14 months now. You've probably been giving a given a calling in the church.
1: Yeah, I've got a calling in the church. Uh, yeah, the church uh, look after the ward, warder. Uh, we are on uh I say look after all the services, the planning of the ward, ward rep. So I look after oh, the sorry. building. Oh, building.
0: Oh, you're the building rep.
1: Building rep, yeah, building rep, but I also uh, help the missionaries quite a bit where needed. The golden conference talks, devotionals when I'm asked to, and also uh, help with the local community just around where we are, We're holding just little, uh, little lessons, mission lessons yeah. on Saturdays and week when needed. And we've managed to baptize a couple other kids around the block, and that's been pretty good.
0: Fantastic. So, so life has changed.
1: Life has changed in a big way.
0: Life has changed in a big way. You're you're a you're a happy man now. You've gone from being a, a tormented man to being a happy man.
1: So I've still had a few things. Obviously, like it says in the scriptures, where Heavenly Father shall So your your flaws and your problems to make you stronger. So I've been had probably a little bit of that as well. Yeah. So I've lead, especially leading. My endowment, I'll get endowed on, uh, on Tuesday, this Tuesday coming. So I've just had a few things going up that I've uh, been working on, sort of trying to creep back in. But yeah, the last of the final things that are yeah, in my life. So yeah, I'm ready for endowment.
0: Fantastic. Just, let's just backtrack a little bit because I just realised I didn't ask you this. You know, we, we've gone through the, you know, going to church at three o'clock in the morning thing and then going through rehab. But how did you, you know, who were you taught by? How were you, How did you get in contact with the missionaries? Did they get in contact with you? What happened oh. there? And tell, tell us about yeah. the missionaries who taught you. Tell us about the, you had a couple of elders teach you, I guess.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I was soon as, basically as soon as I got out of the um, hospital. I was pretty well the next day, went straight to, to the yeah uh, the back of the church, Springfield Ward, where I found my way to, from where I was living. Yeah, uh, that was where I went to that night. So I was straight back there again. And basically, I went and yeah, live, watched the yeah the three sacrament meetings for the day. The, the early morning one, I even went to the Samal one, and and uh, and the afternoon one. And that's when the missionaries, Elder Thomas, and uh, it was, it was uh, Elder Thomas, Elder Vincent, and uh, Elder Francia. They were the three that uh, started straight away, and I was like, I want to get baptized straight away. So that's what I'm going to do. Pretty well that next week I was doing two two classes, two lessons, and then the following weeks after that I was doing three lessons, so I was getting baptized until I was in a month or two. It was pretty quick. So I knew what I wanted to do, and
0: yeah, yeah, that happened, happened pretty quickly. Now, uh, my wife and I don't know the, the two of those missionary names, but we do know Elder Thomas, and oh, yeah. uh, you know we, we know what a great missionary he was. is is home now. He's finished his mission, but uh, you certainly had one of the best teaching you there. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, I've got a good relationship with him. He's he's very good. He helped me when he was a part. Sons' baptism in my dad's, so he knows the whole story from the get-go. Everything. Oh, okay. So, did you
0: did you say your dad was baptised too? Yeah. Yep. I baptised. My
1: dad and another good friend of mine, who was actually in the uh, in that uh, mental ward with me. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, he ended up becoming a convert as well.
0: Fantastic. Fantastic, is it? Has he got a good story to tell as well?
1: Uh, yeah, he, he, he does actually. Yeah. Okay,
0: maybe maybe I should be talking to him as well. That's yeah. that's fantastic. So, so you baptize your your dad and your son? Yeah.
1: Three generations. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, that's that's something in common we have. I I baptised my dad when he was eighty eight years old. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So. Yeah. so um, he had, a, he had a couple of years as uh, a member of the church, coming to church before he passed away. But, uh, yeah, he, uh, he was living with us and he just decided he wanted to come to church with us. And uh, I, I didn't do anything to encourage him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I just let him find his own way and he, he found his own way and uh, I got to baptise him, which was a great privilege, of course. So Jamie, this is this has been great talking to you. I've I've really enjoyed uh, the time we spent together this afternoon. It's a Sunday afternoon, and it's a great way to spend a Sunday afternoon listening to someone tell their conversion story. And this is the sort of thing that you know at church, we you know you might get up and be your testimony, perhaps, and, and and briefly be able to tell your conversion story. But you don't often get this chance to 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 tell the uh, long playing version of your conversion story, so to speak. So. Um, it's just great, really appreciate the time you've, you've spent with me this afternoon. I'm up in Cairns, you're down in Brisbane, but, uh, you know, the miracles of Instagram and all these other things can uh, bring people together over a great distance. Jamie, before we finish, I always like people to bear their testimony and uh, I'd like to give you that opportunity now to be your testimony to us and uh, and then we'll close off. Yeah,
1: sure. Yeah. First of all, I can say uh, yeah. The, also, the Gospel, Book of Mormon, 100% true. Every every word of it. Um, my life changes there. The, the, the pure insight to what it can actually do and change somebody so quickly. And also the people around you. Um, yeah, all the prophets in the church. I listen to them all the time, and I believe every everything they yeah uh, they got to say as well. It's the true True church, Jesus Christ, definitely without 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 even uh, questioning it. Uh, I asked for the help, and it's proof, living proof of that. That when you ask for help, and you're led to the the right places, meant to be. That's definitely one hundred percent true. Um, yeah, it's, I encourage everybody to, uh, to find faith at some stage of their life, and uh, yeah, look to look to our church because it's a way to go. It'll change you in ways you wouldn't think of. Uh, And I leave this in the name of Jesus Christ, amen
0: Amen Jamie, I I got in touch with you via Elder Dollary Um, I know Elder Dollary, you know Elder Dollary I I said to Elder Dollary uh, via a a message I said, can you give me uh, that guy's number down in Brisbane Who's a recent convert, who helps the missionaries Oh, Jamie, yeah, he's a legend He's a legend and so uh, I'm, I'm grateful to have this, have, have had this time to talk to Jamie MacIver, the legend, <laughs> in uh, Brisbane. And you know, we just thank you so much for your testimony and and uh, for your service in the kingdom and uh, your continued faith. Thank you very much. And I usually at this point say, see you on Sunday. I won't see you on Sunday. There's a thousand miles or so between us, but. Uh, Hopefully we'll be out in Brisbane late August and we might catch up with you then. But thanks yep. very much for your time. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Over and out. Yeah. <laughs> if you have an interesting story to tell, please contact us for our Instagram page or send an email to gatherin@proton.me. at